This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar, because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressured to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's it's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, everybody, welcome to Guitar Talk. This is Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I tell you what, we have a great show in store for you. You know, uh, do us a favor, though. You know, make sure that you head on over to guitartalkofficial.com and subscribe uh, to the website so that you can get the newsletter that we send out every single month. At the beginning of the month, we send some out so that you can know what's going on in Guitar Talk all month long. That's right. You not only find out who the guests are on the podcast, but you also find out what guests are on my show on Mountain City Rock Radio in Montreal along with what's going down on Guitar Talk TV. You know, we release new gear demos, uh, our Hidden Gem series where we spotlight guitars from all over the world. We got The Vault, which is a uh, series of videos of live performances from a variety of guitar players from all over the world. It's actually really, really cool. So you don't want to miss out on any of that. Another thing that I want to remind you, in case you don't know, I don't talk about it a whole lot on this program, but I'm going to, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I'm actually an artist too. You know, I released my ninth CD. Well, let's say I recorded it in 19 and was going to tour in 20, and of course that didn't work out, and I've released some of the songs off of the EP. It's called The Thunderclap Sessions. I had Johnny Grapark, who's the bass player for Slash uh, Richie Kotzen and Walter Trout, and it had uh, Michael Leisure, who was the drummer for uh, Walter Trout. They both played on the the, the release, and I've released some of the songs, but uh, I never released the whole project. But anyway, uh, I've got some dates, you know, uh, tour dates, so you can go to jimmywarrenofficial.com and find out where I'm playing. And at the same time, we're about to head out with a new all-star band uh, with me and Harry Mura fronting it. Now, Harry Mura is an amazing guitar player, uh, also from Chicago. The name of that project is the Halstead Hustlers. The website for that is halsteadhustlersofficial.com. Uh, you can go over there and you can find out what's going on there. You can hear some of Harry's music, and of course you can hear my music. And uh, we're actually getting ready to go in the studio record some new songs we're going to put out uh you know a couple of videos probably to go along with a couple of singles and then we're going to start you know hitting the road hopefully as things open up now harry has played guitar for james cotton uh junior wells played with jeff healy dickie betts elvin bishop just a ton of people and so between the two of us you know it's really an all-star band you know uh cam lewis is on drums who's played with joanna connor and a lot of other people and then we got Daryl Wright on bass, who uh, has toured, you know, the world over with the Staple Singers and Mavel Staple and a bunch of other Chicago blues legends. 
So it's actually a really cool project. It's called the Halstead Hustlers. You can go to halsteadhustlers.com or actually halsteadhustlersofficial.com to find out more about that. Now let's get into who the guest is today. You know, if you've been watching the previews, if you've been going to the website, you know today my guest is Miles Kennedy. Now, most people know Miles for being the front man, the vocalist for the uh, rock band Alter Bridge, and also for the person who does vocals for Slash a lot of the times. But, you know, uh, if you pay attention to Alter Bridge at all, you'll see Miles Kennedy play guitar as well. And of course, you know, he's got a new solo album coming out on the 14th of May. It's called The Ides of March. And, uh, you know, I got to sit down with Miles and talk about the new project. But during that time uh, we had together, we discovered that Miles really loves playing the guitar. You know, he's a big fan of the Fender Telecaster, and we just had a, a great conversation. So uh, it's more than just his release you're going to find out. So, you know, maybe you see a different side of Miles that you maybe don't get to see someplace else. And that, so it's going to be really cool. So I want you to sit back, put your feet up, and enjoy this conversation right here on Guitar Talk with my guest cool. Miles Kennedy. <laughs> well, fooled you big time. I don't think so, man. I'll tell you what, how you doing? I'm good. I apologize for being tardy. And the last interview went just a, a few minutes over, so here we are. No, you're good. They told me quarter till, so oh, okay, okay. We're good. Yeah. I appreciate you doing this. It's a, oh. a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. You know what? You have got one of the most iconic voices in all of music. You know, uh, it doesn't matter who you play with. It doesn't matter, you know, what setting you're in. I can automatically know that's Miles Kennedy. Oh, thanks, brother. <laughs> it's really good. So this is your second release coming out. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. It's the second um, solo release. So right. um, yeah, the first one, Year of the Tiger, I think that was in 18 that that came out. So Ides of March is number two. Yeah. And, and so what led to wanting to release another solo album? Well, I guess just I, I, I love writing and I love playing guitar. Uh, and I like singing, so I figured, you know, let's just keep this doing. Let's keep this going. I really, I think, because of the year of the tiger and how how much fun that was, and how um, how it allowed me to step out, especially as a guitar player. Um, it was just it became very obvious that uh, I, I wanted to continue developing that, you know, as time went on. Yeah, and it seemed like you. Uh... I don't know. I, I think you must have some closet. Uh, oh, how do I put this? There's some styles of music that are within you that haven't really come out yet. And some of it's really exposed in this album. Is that correct? Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. There, there, there are a lot of things that um, I, I was able to explore with this, uh, with this record. I do have a, a love of, of the blues in particular, um, well, so many different things. I'm one of those guys who, you know, I, there, there's so many different genres that I uh, try to absorb. And I've always been that way. I've always been a bit of a, um, a muso, you know, whether it's Ella Fitzgerald, Miles Davis, or, um, 
you know, Chris Whitley or Jeff Buckley, or it's just kind of all over the map and always has been that way. Yeah. Well, it really come out this time and that in the single that they've already released in stride really kind of shows that with the Dobro, you know, the blues, you know, slide aspect of it. And so do you find yourself, you know, when you're just Miles Kennedy hanging around the house and that do you find yourself, you know, playing a lot of blues guitar? I would say as far as the style that I tend to gravitate towards on the guitar, most of the time, that's what I, what I do. I don't, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, um, I don't know what it is about a one, four, five that is just so timeless and it never gets old to me. You know, I just, I just love it. I love improvising over it. Um, it just makes me feel good. You know, it just, it just, it's so cathartic and, and, um, and there's so many players that that have influenced me over the years and you'll learn their their licks and you want to incorporate in your own phrasing and your own you, you know sonic storytelling um i just love it yeah yeah so who were who are some of those people that influenced uh your playing when it comes to blues and that oh man well interestingly enough he, even though he's not known as a blues player but it was his take on the blues that was a really big inspiration for me early on was larry carlton Um, because it's so it's just so there was a player that just always knows how to pick the right notes um so that was that was an early one for me bb king was big my that was that was the first person that someone turned me on to uh when i was a little metalhead i had a really cool aunt she sent me a the best of bb king cassette for for christmas and that was a really important that was an important moment because that opened opened up this this world to me that i didn't really have much exposure to so bb uh, larry carlton uh robin ford was another really big one that there was a record he put out in the late 80s called talk to your daughter and i used to sit and learn those those solos and he's kind of in the larry carlton camp the way he he approaches things so it's kind of it's blues but it's that with the jazz language right, which is right. which is something that i i really really love and then on a totally different uh angle um you know, obviously Robert Johnson, Sun House, Big Bill Brunzi was an, was another one um, that uh, you know, as far, especially as far as looking at the guitar as as uh, as the whole band. You know, that's what I love about those players is like when I first heard some of those records, I was like, how many guitar players are playing on this? No, it's just one guy. You know, it was, <laughs> it was the ability to keep the thumb going and then you know with with the with the other fingers play the melodies and and it sounded like there were two guitar players in there so i i really um i just i love that stuff yeah well you you can't go wrong with any of that that's all fan those are great players you know robin ford and larry carlton and uh man that's just really cool and and so you've incorporated that into into this album uh, quite a bit. I mean, if, if somebody doesn't know anything about this album, what do you think you'd like to tell them, you know? Well, I mean, I think that, uh, that's a really, that's a hard question. I guess if you don't know, if you like, uh, um, it's a, it's a, it is a rock record. It's, but it's, it's heavily influenced by, by blues. Um, and, but it's also, it has elements of, of country, you know, there's a song on there called uh, "Moonshot," which definitely has uh, uh, more of more of that 
aspect. And I think some of that comes from my love for the Telecaster and my love for the lap steel. Uh, once I add that into the mix, it can take a song that might be more of a rock song and suddenly, you know, you're putting that kind of icing on the cake and it, and it definitely changes the, um, it, it changes the, the overall vibe of it. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty, a few people have mentioned how diverse they feel like the record is in that sense. And, and, and I think that was, I don't think it was an, an a goal to make it diverse. I, I think it's just a reflection of how diverse my taste is and how I, I do really like to pull from many different things. And that's, what's interesting with all, you know, being known as the singer guitar player with alter bridge. And that's, that's kind of got a, it's got its lane. Right. right. And to incorporate a lot of these other things into that lane probably wouldn't work. So this is such a, uh, a luxury to be able to have the opportunity to make records where you can, you know what? I want to put banjo on this song. Great. It's your solo record. You can, you can put the kazoo on there for all I care, <laughs> you know? So yeah, yeah. that it's, it's, it's just the opportunity to stretch out and, and kind of have your musical jollies. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny because when you're in a specific lane and you go outside of it, sometimes that makes fans a little upset. You know, and I, I know for being in the blues genre myself, that when you step out of the one, four, five, you know, when you're outside of that traditional, people really kind of look at you funny. Have you found it to be the same, you know, when it, for you, or do you just go, I'm Miles Kennedy, Shit, you know, I'm, you know, well, I, to be honest with you, I, I've learned because I don't have the thickest skin. So I, I generally don't read reviews and I don't like comments. I'm, I'm real careful there. You know, it's interesting in comment world, like on Instagram, like you can, the ones that'll pop up in my feed are the ones of people that I follow are friends. So those are usually, that's usually a safe world. But if I go further down you're you can really open yourself up to some landmines. So I tend to kind of, be, you know, be careful there. And, and also I think the the big thing is, is that if you're truly doing something for you and that's what the function of the solo albums are, if you start worrying about how people are going to react to it, then you're not really doing yourself a service. I feel like, um, you know, this is the opportunity to, to really explore things that get me off musically, hopefully, and hopefully somebody else will enjoy it. I mean, I, I hope so. But then again, if everybody was like, you know what, I like you better in Alter Bridge, just do Alter Bridge or just do Slash Conspiracy. That's cool that they can go listen to that. And then I'll just sit in my room and make my little songs and listen to listen to myself. Right? Yeah. I know some artists that, you know, will record an album in a completely different genre and they'll release it under another name. Oh, really? It, you know, because yeah, they, you know, cause they don't want to be known, right. you know, for, for, you know, but they've got such diverse talent, you know, in, in likes and that. One of the things you said a minute ago uh, kind of struck me that I, I really like was your fascination with the Telecaster. What is it about? I personally think the Telecaster is the best all around guitar there is, but you know, why are you, you know, focused on that one? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a desert Island guitar for, for me as well. I think because it can do so many different things, you know, I think that, I think that, uh, you know, obviously it's got that attack. It's got that spank on the top, which, which I love. Um, and I think that, um, the, 
you know, then you can like I've got I have one of them right here always. But, you know, just we switch it up here and suddenly you can, you know, you can start playing some Joe Pass stuff if need be. Um, not that I can do that, but uh, I, I wish I could because I love Joe Pass. But but yeah, it's it's just a really versatile instrument. And you know what I really love about the Telecaster is it's like this utilitarian workhorse. It's built like a like a tank, you know, you, your harp, how are you going to break a Telecaster? I mean, it's just this block of wood. It's indestructible. And it was really kind of the first of its, of its kind. I mean, think of, think of what came after it. I mean, think of what Leo and the guys were doing. This is such a groundbreaking instrument, you know? So I, I'm yeah. very, the blackguards in particular, are, are, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit, I've become obsessed with, I, you know, it was something a few years ago I, dis I discovered. I had an uncle that really got me into this and then had some f friends. And though I played a Telecaster in the 90s a lot, it was kind of my main guitar. Um, I've revisited the Tele in the last few years and, and uh, rekindled my love. Oh, it's a great it's a great instrument. Now, when on, on your guitar, let's say on that guitar, when you get a Telecaster, is there something that you feel that you need to do to it specifically? Is there something, you know, when it comes like, do you change the pickups? Do you redo the frets? Do you do anything like that? Or do you pretty much, you know, take it stock? It's it's a, it's a Tele. It's going to sound great. So that's what I'm going to stick with. That's a great question, because it does because I play in a few different uh, outfits that are very different sonically. So an Alter Bridge. As much as I adore the sound of that bridge pickup, not, you know, just the natural single coil, it's not going to work in Alter Bridge mm -hmm. because of it's a, it's a high gain setting. So I on I switch out to the uh, hot rail in in that context, and that's such a different kind of pickup. You're not going to be able to to even tap that and get that that nice. You know, if I want to play a Danny Gatton thing, it's just not going to sound right, right. right so. Right. Then I have the other guitars that are more stock, and like obviously I'm not going to touch the the 52 and and change. The, in fact, that pickup is really unique. I don't know, I don't know what it is about that one, but it almost it has characteristics of like a P90 along with the with mm -hmm. the single coil. It's a it's a really great sounding guitar. Um, so yeah, it really depends on the application. So if it's in my solo realm, I'll leave it stock. In Alter Bridge, I have to do some changes. Now as far as fret size go, I'm really I'm kind of jumping around right now because I like the smaller frets of the initial runs, but I'm starting to have a bit of a problem with my wrists as years go on. And so when you take the seven and a quarter radius, which is harder to bend, obviously, because it's got that arc to it and you've got those small frets, you're going to have some, at least for me. And I, and I found that out during the making of this record. I really, I was really, <laughs> this thing was a mess. So I've thought about switching to some like medium size frets. Um, I, I have a, a guitar somewhere in here that's made by a, a luthier in Tacoma named Joe Reggio. And he, he has those, those, the, the medium, I believe medium jumbo is what they call. And, and I like it, but then there are times when it, when, then that feels a little high, almost like it's scalloped, you know, mm -hmm. and I, sometimes I like to feel the wood, um, with a smaller fret. So it really, it depends, you know, so that's why I like to have a few different telecasters depending on the mood. Yeah. I, I can tell by listening to you that you're probably the kind of guy that could really sit down and just get into a deep conversation about all things guitar, because it, it seems like you really love the guitar. You know what? I do. I, I, it's, 
I love it so much, you know, and I think that I think about when I was a kid and started playing guitar and how it it was such a kind of like my salvation in a lot of ways, my musical salvation. I started as a trumpet player, but once I discovered the guitar, that was my life. And it's really been my life for, for the last three decades. And what's interesting is though I'm known as a singer and I, and I feel lucky that I can sing and, and get the point across from a song standpoint and all the guitar is still probably my first, it's probably my first love. And I think as the future continues, hopefully with, with my journey as a musician, I think I'm going to focus more and more on the guitar. I think that, uh, it's just, it's something that brings me so much joy. It's, 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 it's a special instrument. Yeah. So like maybe someday down the road, we'll see a Miles Kennedy album that is Larry Carlton ish, you know, all instrumentals and, uh, that would be cool. I would love that. Yeah. That would be really cool. So what's the plans for the, uh, for the new album? Do you plan on touring? uh, Yeah, I hope, I hope so. I hope that, you know, that's, that's going to be, challenging given the times we're living in. I think it'll be easier to go out acoustically initially. So I'll probably think about doing the one man show like I did a lot on the, um, on the year of the tiger. And, and then, um, hopefully the world will kind of reopen enough to where I could take the, take the band out and then, you know, go out there with my telecasters and have some fun. (laughs) Uh, That'd be great. Well, hopefully you'll come through Chicago because I definitely love to see that. You know, I would love that. You know, Miles, I I know you're on a schedule, buddy, and I appreciate the time that you give me. I love the album. I do. I huge Alter Bridge fan, of course. You know, who isn't? If they're not, they should be smacked upside the head with a shovel or something, right? Thank you, brother. (laughs) I appreciate your time today. Okay. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Best of luck with your album. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. You too. Bye bye. Bye. All right, there you go. Miles Kennedy, right here on Guitar Talk with me, Jimmy Warren. I hope you really enjoyed that interview. I want to thank Miles so much for giving us his time. I really enjoyed that conversation with him. He was extremely gracious, super, super kind, and uh, willing to talk about anything I threw at him. And uh, I hope that we get that opportunity to sit down here, you know, in the you know distant future. And just talk about guitar, you know, and just talk about, you know, his love for the Telecaster and his passion for the guitar. I think that would be a lot of fun. So make sure, you know, on May 14th, the new album comes out, Ides of March, Miles Kennedy. You make sure you get it. Uh, Go to mileskennedy.com, of course, to find out anything that's going on with him. And so, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Next week, boy, I'll tell you, uh, better yet, you know what, I... I sometimes forget these things because, you know, I think it's just old age. But we're going to do a special show this coming Friday in just three days. Uh, I'm going to have Tom Schemmer from The Damn Truth. Now, if you're not familiar with the rock band The Damn Truth, they're from Montreal, and they are just killing it. I mean, really, really good band. And uh, they got a new release that's just come out, and we were going to talk about it, but we're also going to talk about his guitars, you know, because this this cat is uh, this cat's really cool, man, you know. And I love their music, I really do. I love these new bands that are coming up, that are paying homage to some of the 
you know, older classic rock, blues, blues rock kind of things, you know, like Zeppelin and The Who and, you know, bands like that. And so uh, I'm really excited to have him on. So he's going to be on Friday night at 3 p.m. That's right, just in uh, a couple of days, you know, you're going to be able to tune in again and get that interview with Tom Schemmer of The Damn Truth, okay? And so you know next Wednesday, my guest is going to be Anders Osborne. Anders played with Northern Mississippi All-Stars and a ton of other people. You know who he is. He's he's not only a great guitar player, but he's a great songwriter. He's a great singer. Uh, He is an all-around professional uh, artist, that's for sure. I had a great conversation with him not that long ago, so uh, you're going to really enjoy that. So Anders Osborne will be with us on next Wednesday. So until then, you know what, I appreciate you guys tuning in. And don't forget, I got a show on uh, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. at Mountain City Rock Radio. You can go to mountaincityrock.com in order to get the information on that show or to tune into that show. It's a two-hour show. Uh, it has an interview uh, with an artist on there. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they're different. The difference between the regular podcast and Mountain City Rock is I actually get to spin the music of the artist as well. So the first hour is the interview, spinning the artist's music. And then the second hour, man, I just play, you know, the uh, guitar-infused music that I absolutely love. So uh, I do a lot of two and three in a row of something. So if I get on a kick, and like let's say it's David Gilmore, damn it, you're going to get three songs in a row from David Gilmore. So join me at 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. You know, all you got to do is you can go to your your Echo or whatever those those devices are where you can get streaming songs and stuff like that and uh, just ask it to play Mountain City Rock Radio on TuneIn and it will pop right up. I let us know it on my Alexis all the time. So it's a great program. They do music 24-7. You know, the guy up there, Michael, man, he's, you know, trying to bring the traditional FM radio, you know, to streaming, which I think is really cool. His his uh, music is stellar. The sound is stellar. He's got some great programs. He's got some funny stuff in the mornings. He's got some great morning shows. He's got a variety of different programs, and I'm excited. You know, I've been a part of the family up there for just, you know, from, I don't know, maybe a few months. I've been doing shows on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., uh, to noon, so uh, feel free to tune in. You know what? You can just turn it on and do your housework in uh, in the background, or you can do like I do. I turn it on and I put my feet up and I just enjoy my Saturday morning with a cup of coffee. Okay, so thank you so much for tuning in to Guitar Talk today. I will see you on Friday with Tom Schemmer of The Damn Truth and then next Wednesday with Anders Osborne. Once again, thanks to Miles Kennedy. You know, you can catch this uh, program at guitartalkofficial.com and listen to the rebroadcast of it anytime you want because it's on all streaming sites from Apple to Google to Spotify, you name it, you can get it wherever you want it, when you want it. So that's really cool. All right. I want to get out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in. You all are great. And I will talk with you on Friday right here on Guitar Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
Take care, y'all.